Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 61 of the Mess Hall Podcast. This week's guest is Kevin Kent. It was awesome to have him on the show. I was looking forward to it all week since I contacted him and we did the podcast, so uh, I thought it was a great interview. I think allergies are hitting me hard right now. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I know allergies were hitting Kevin hard when we did the interview, so forgive the coughing and the sniffles from me, but still, it was a fun, fun podcast for me to do. Um, make sure you check him out on Twitter at the, the, at Knife Nerd. He's an awesome follow. I've been following him for a while, so uh, like I said before, I was super excited to have him on the podcast. And make sure you go to his stores in Kensington. Like, check out the knives; they're pretty awesome. And enjoy the podcast. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want to take a quick minute to talk about ATB's no-fee, all-in-digital account. You can bank, borrow, and save all in one account with no monthly fees. Qualify for a line of credit from 5000 to 50000 and You can get this convenient account that makes everyday digital banking a breeze. With no monthly fees, no minimum balance, unlimited digital transactions, and free Interact e-transfers. You can even earn interest on balances over $1,000. To find out more, go to atb.com. Kevin Kent here. Welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Thanks, man. Um, it's great to have you on. Um, I've been looking forward to this all week since we've been talking back and forth. Um, so you're the head guy. I'm going to say knife guru almost. The knife guru. I like that. Yeah. So um, knifeware. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you came along from or how that came about, I guess, is yeah, a better yeah. question. I, you know, I was a chef for my whole life, like 20 plus years I was a chef. And it's the only thing I know how to do, really. Yeah. And I was working in London, England, at a place called St. John Restaurant for a long time. So if you... Uh, I've, I've cooked more bone marrow than anyone you know. <laughs> it's the one thing that stayed on the menu there all the time was the bone marrow and parsley salad. Okay. The whole menu changed for lunch and then dinner and then lunch. And there was, we changed the menu twice a day. But uh, bone marrow stayed on all the time. Okay. It's delicious. If you haven't had bone marrow on the parsley toast like St. John style, do it. Okay. Bone marrow tastes like uh, like butter. Yes. Butter was made out of a steak. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I've had it a couple times. Um, I don't see it around too, too often, so I, I don't... I know. So I don't... If I see it, I'll have it. Um, but it's something that I don't usually get to have. I find it as a treat. It's a very nice treat. It is. I should get some again. Yeah. Go get some this week. That'd be awesome. There you anyway, go. I was working in London for a long time. Uh, being a chef, and I tried a Japanese knife in 1999. Okay. And uh, you know that moment when you drive your Toyota Tercel or your Toyota Matrix or Corolla, and you think, this is a great car. Okay. And then one day you drive a Ferrari. Huh. And you go, oh, this is very different. (laughs) (laughs) So I grabbed a Japanese knife. I was at a chef's convention, and there was a man there that had a little booth with some handmade knives. And I said, oh, your knives are really expensive. I said, I keep my knives razor sharp, I told him. Yeah. I didn't know I was sticking my foot in my mouth at the time. 
And he said, oh, well, then you know something. Try this knife and tell me if it's any good. So I got the knife to cut a slice of tomato, and I kind of got ready to give it a lot of pressure and some back and forth thing. And it just, it fell through the tomato and stuck itself on the <laughs> board. And I just went, holy smokes, what is this? Yes. Right? Because it was lighter than anything I'd used. Okay. It was way sharper than anything I used. And then I found out after it stayed sharp way longer as well. Nice. So I bought the knife at the spot. Hmm. I said, I want this knife. And he said, well, we've been using that one for a week. It's dull. Let's get your new one out of the box. It's sharp. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> How can it get much sharper than this? Know, crazy, right? And that was in 99. So that was 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up moving back to Canada at the beginning of 2007. And there was no knives that I wanted to buy at the time. I bought a Japanese knife. That was in 1999. Yeah. For the next eight years in London, I just swapped all my European knives out for Japanese knives. And uh, in 2007, at the beginning of 2007, I moved back to Canada. And there was no Japanese knives that were kind of at my level that I wanted to buy at okay. that point. So I made some contacts and uh, brought a few knives in. My big plan was to sell some knives so I could afford more knives. That was it. That was my whole plan. I had no store. I had a backpack and a bicycle. And uh, chefs around town, around Calgary, knew I had knives. So they would call me up and say, hey, Kevin, bring some knives over. I, I think I'm going to buy one today. So I'd meet them at their restaurant and sell them a knife and then go back to my job in a, in a restaurant okay. and go and cook for the, for the evening. And that's, uh, that's how it started. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and it kind of got out of hand. Well, it doesn't sound it, like it was a bad way to get out of hand. No, no, no. It was, it was a good kind of out of hand, but it was really, it was really uh, a surprise to me. Okay. I honestly thought the only one that wanted to buy an expensive knife that they'd never heard of that could rust or chip or something like that. You've got to be nice to the Japanese knives. But I thought the only people that wanted a knife like that would be real chefs that use a knife all the time. Yeah. So. And I was wrong. The Herald wrote one of those little tiny articles about me and published my cell phone number. So did the Herald write the article while you were still on backpack? Like, yeah, sorry, yeah. Still on bike selling them out of your backpack? Yeah, I didn't have a store. I just had... Uh, I had uh, nothing. I had a. I had some knives in my house. Okay. And uh, and a backpack and a bicycle. Yeah. And the Herald wrote this article and published my cell phone number, and <laughs> all of a sudden I was getting fourteen calls a day. So was saying, saying, where where can I? Where's your store? I want to buy your knives. How can I do this? And uh, it was crazy. I was meeting people at the Calgary Farmers Market. Okay. Back yeah. when it was at Curry Barracks. Yes, that was an awesome. And uh, and I would meet them at the Phil and Sebastian's booth there. Okay. <laughs> And I would buy coffee and sit at one of the tables kind of at the back. And I would meet people there. And it was kind of my fake Calgary Farmer's Market booth. <laughs> we have a legit one now. <laughs> yes, yes. But for, yeah, for the first year, it was a fake booth okay. of me sitting at a table. <laughs> so don't tell them. Undercover. Yeah, don't tell them. That was probably not allowed. No. Um, that's awesome. So how long did it take you after that to transition to have a storefront? Well, let's brick see. and mortar, I guess. The first, the first knives arrived at Stampede 2007. By November 2007, we had a table okay. in the back of a store. And then by January 2008, I guess February 2008, we opened, we opened uh, our little kiosk. And it was, <coughs> excuse me, it was in the back of an Italian import store. 
Okay. Which makes no sense. We we had bought, we basically sublet their closet, <laughs> took the door off the closet. Yeah. It was a uh, ten feet by eleven feet, <laughs> and that's where we started. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, um, and then, uh, and then uh, so I guess we were there for a year, and yeah. then by January two thousand nine, we moved into the Inglewood location we have now. Nice. So we've been there for ten years now. Yeah, that's. An awesome, almost, I, I was going to say almost success story, but it is a success story. Just like growing and growing and growing, and now you have other locations. Yeah, we have six six stores in Canada now. Yeah. that's Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so what makes these Japanese knives so good, like, compared to... You know, it's, it's, um, it's the way they're made, and, yeah. and a bit of a different thinking about it. The Japanese want to build a knife that's super sharp and stays sharp a very long time. Yes. So they use harder steel, mm-hmm. and I know steel's hard, right? Like everybody goes, "Oh, steel's hard," but there's there's differences. There's there's hard steel, and then there's very hard steel. Yes. So Japanese use very very hard steel, which means they're going to stay sharp longer. Okay. Yes. <coughs> and they use uh, they make the blades thinner, because mm-hmm. a thinner blade cuts better. Uh, imagine uh, like a razor blade mm-hmm. versus uh, an axe. Okay. The Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is a proud sponsor of this year's Pod Summit, Western Canada's premier podcast conference. Join us on June 22nd at Fort Calgary for a day of learning and connection making. The theme of this year's conference is After the Start. Here's what you'll learn. How to make your podcast stand out in a crowd. How to breathe new life into your show after you've been podcasting for a while. How to connect with your listeners and build a community that supports you. And also marketing tips and tricks to grow your show from hundreds to thousands of downloads. And finally, how to build a different income stream with your podcast. Tickets are just $150. You can get yours by, you can get $25 off by using the promo code I Love Podcasting. That's I Love Podcasting, all lowercase, no space. Get your tickets today at podsummit.com. You're all across Canada, or is it across Canada? No, it's just like yeah. Six. We're well, we're in in uh, Calgary, yeah, Edmonton, Vancouver, Vancouver. Ottawa, yeah, and Toronto's Toronto's coming. And you're gonna have to get to my home area. Where's that? In Nova Scotia, but that's in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but it, even I don't I don't want to talk too much, but. My hometown has a knife factory in it, so it's like... Oh, you're from Picto. Yes. Picto? Picto. Picto. Yeah. Yeah, Grumman. We carry Grumman yeah. knives that are... So we've got a second chain of stores called Kent of Inglewood. Oh, okay. And we sell uh, classic men's grooming. We've got like beard care yes, gear. Yes, I've seen all Safety that. razors and straight razors yes. <clears throat> and all of that. But we also have pocket knives, campfire yeah. knives, and axes. Nice. And we've got Grumman knives in those stores. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it was uh, just like... Right down the street from where I grew up. So. Cool. I've been there. I was there in um, 94. Oh, hey. So, if you ever saw a little crap kid running around the town, it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's... I, I like the passion of knives, and one thing that struck me was the light knife. I've been really... I really like a lighter knife now than what I used yeah. to. Like, when I was younger, I guess, a heavy knife and just... Well, that's what we were told in cooking school all the yeah. time. You want a heavy knife. Yes. And I counter that with, you want a light knife. <laughs> I, I still want to be strong enough to drink beer after work. Yeah. And I and right now, when I go home cooking, I have a couple options, and I always go for that lighter knife. And It has, a, like you said, a thinner blade, but 
I need to get myself a better Japanese knife, I think. Yeah, we can do that for you. Yes. <laughs> um, so I see your posts on Instagram and you talk about having your second shop and you have some other stuff like cast iron and stuff. <gasps> and uh, yeah, we actually were getting into cast iron and carbon steel pans in a big way. Yeah. <coughs> you come to knife wear in about a month, you're going to see a lot of cast iron. I, I love my cast iron pan. I'm a huge <clears throat> fan of it. Um, just the, the char it gives you on food is awesome. Yes, yeah. And I saw that you were cooking some cool things. Like I think it was pork belly I saw you cooking. Or... Oh, that sounds like a thing I would do. Yeah. yeah. So um, you still have a passion for cooking, I'm going to assume. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are some of those things you like to cook nowadays? Mm. Or is it more experimental? <clears throat> right now, summer's here. Yes. And I've got a... Uh, Conroe barbecue. Nice. So the Japanese <coughs> the Conroe barbecues, the Japanese barbecues that uh, they're what's magical about them is they're insulated on the sides and the bottom. Hmm. So the heat doesn't penetrate into the body, so the heat all goes straight up the top. Nice. And if nice. you get the Japanese charcoal, the binchotan, it's made with really slow growing oak wood and it's really slow growing and fine brain. But what happens is this this wood burns for or the charcoal burns for a long, long, long time. Okay. So you can get some burning, and then you can have your little charcoal chicken skewers on there all day. Nice. So that is what I'm like. In fact, I just there's a book called The Japanese Grill mm-hmm. that we sell, and I want to just use that as my cookbook for the summer. And there's another one called uh, Chicken, Chicken. Oh, no, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? Um, hmm. But <coughs> I, I, I but never... Yeah, so my, my plan yeah. is to just cook a lot of chicken. That's all right. And fatty meat Yeah. over top of charcoal. Nice. That's my plan for the summer. Nice. Um, that sounds like a good plan. I, <laughs> I recently got a smoker, so my plan is to... I had a smoker last for the last couple of years, but it was a barrel smoker, and I didn't like the way it conducted the heat. Like I couldn't control the heat, so I got right. an offset smoker. Easier, yeah. Offset so, smoker is easier. So I'm looking forward to that this summer. Um, Fun. I'm hoping my wife is going to not get sick of smoked food by the end of the summer. But <clears throat> well, you need to make lots of bacon. Yes, that's um, that's key. That was a turning point last year when I tried to make bacon, and I just couldn't get the heat right, and had a little bit too much heat in it, and it was rendering the fat too quick. And yeah, that's it. Just t- caused a big flame, and and um, that doesn't taste good. No, and <clears throat> that that was like I'm done with this. I'm getting a new smoker. So cool. I just got it last week, and <coughs> this weekend will be the first smoke on it. So I'm really oh, really excited. Man. That's good. Um, yeah. So I, I understand your passion for barbecue as well. Like, and I never thought about how it could be insulated on the sides and the bottom so it just pushes the heat right up and that's mm, that's the trick to these things yeah. right so it's just it's a bit like cooking over a jet fuel or a yeah. jet engine as i said the, the, none of the heat goes to the side or down it all goes up yeah up, up up amazing yeah that sounds pretty cool plus then you can pick it up and move it to places yeah because it, it doesn't get hot on the outside oh okay so, yeah, so it's, it's like it's the most fun picnic thing so is it a big <clears throat> bar- i'm going to picture it's a small barbecue then well, there's different sizes. Okay. Like we have ones that are probably one and a half feet by one foot. Yeah. Up to big ones. Okay. 
I don't, yeah. I, I, I usually cook for three or four people. Mostly three, but usually ends up being six or eight. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think a small one would be perfect for me. So Awesome. Um, now you got me thinking about barbecue, and that's all I can think well, about. Know, that's and the thing is we don't have much summer. No, and you <clears> have to make the most of it. Our summer hits, and when it hits, it usually hits really hard, like yeah. this year. Yeah. Just it, it finished snowing, and then the next day was summer. Yes. But then that time... You really have to make hay while the sun shines. You've yes. got to barbecue as much as you can. Yes. You're and still going to barbecue in the winter. Yeah. But you're really going to dig into it in the summer. Exactly. That's, that's when I find, if I'm barbecuing in the winter, <clears throat> it's something that I know is going to turn out really well. But in the summer where you have more time, it's, that's when I'll start to experiment. I'll try yeah. some different cuts of meat or different lengths of time. Different injections or different marinades, different rubs. So. Oh, you are a nerd. Good. <laughs> so <coughs> the summer is that experimental time. And then I can just, if something works out really good, then that's for winter. Perfect. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I like, that's my thoughts on barbecuing. Just like, and, and same as smoking too. Just smoking different, different cuts and I want to smoke all You're going to smoke everything for the first while. Yes. I know when I got my first smoker, though, it's like, I want to make a tomato salad. I better smoke them. <laughs> yes. oh, I want to make onion soup. I better smoke the onions. Oh, I better smoke salt. I better... I smoked... It was so gross. I yeah. smoked... If you could put it in the smoker, I smoked it. I made my own chipotles last year. And oh, I thought cool. they were pretty good. Um, so I just smoked the jalapenos and then tried them out in the oven, so... Now I have them. I can just pull out one or two whenever I need them. And, ah, yeah. that's smart. I like that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably do some more of those if I have room on the smoker while I'm smoking and do some stuff like that. It's a good day. Yes. It's, a, it's always a good day when you're outside smoking and barbecuing and yeah. just, just outside in general. So, um, So going back to the cast iron, do you have a love for that? Like, you <clears> obviously <throat> have a love for it, but... Where does that love come from? Like, what are you, what made you fall in love with it? When I was living in London, um, most apartments and houses are furnished, okay. which is handy. You don't have to have furniture. Nice. Um, and this one place, it had all the kitchen stuff as well. And it had a cast iron pan. Nice. I thought, I'm going to use this thing. And I just started using it. And the more I used it, the more I used it. Okay. <laughs> and it was one of these situations where when we left that apartment, I asked the owner if I could have the pan. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure, that's weird. Go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet if it was in an apartment like that, um, it was well-seasoned already. And you know what? I would bet it's probably 60 years old before I got it. Nice. <laughs> nice. So do you still have the pan? I do, but it's retired. Oh. The problem is, is I got better pans. Oh, okay. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's cast iron. They're all the same. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. This is one brand we get uh, made in Portland, actually, okay. called Finax. And the shape of them is octagon. Yes, I saw Which that. is just cool looking. Yeah. And they've made a handle that doesn't heat up as much. Oh, interesting. It still heats up. Yeah. <clears throat> but the real key to this is that it's probably about 50% heavier on the bottom than any other cast iron pan I've used. Oh, okay. Which means it keeps heat longer. Yes. So if you're searing something or multiple things, it just stays hot longer. Nice. Also, the uh, bottom is polished and smooth, hmm. and things don't stick to it. Oh, okay. 
cheap pans aren't polished on the bottom. Hmm. And you have to keep seasoning them or yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah. Not this thing. Okay. This thing, like day one, you put it on the pan or put it on the heat, crack a crack an egg into some butter yeah. and flip it in the pan. Nice. Nothing sticks to this thing. It's awesome. Nice. And if the problem is it just retired my other pans. <laughs> <coughs> So you talk about eggs, and I saw some pictures. Um, I'm going. I told you earlier I'm not going to get anything controversial, but I have to ask because it's something I love. When you, how do you cook your eggs? And Is this controversial? It will. Oh, it will be. But first question. Of a two-part question is, how do you cook your eggs? You know what? I was a breakfast cook for a long time. Yes. I love cooking eggs. I like scrambled ovaries, basted, yeah. sunny side, poached, whatever, right? Yes. But I like soufflés. I like quiche. Nice. I like cooking eggs. So how's my favorite? I don't know. We had people over recently for breakfast, for brunch. Yeah. I made a bunch of poached eggs because poached is easy for a big group. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it was awesome. And everybody says, ooh, poached eggs, fancy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I cracked them in boiling water. <laughs> I, I'll cook my wife poached <clears throat> eggs occasionally. That's how she likes them. Or sunny side up and uh, cracked pepper on top so it looks like freckles. <laughs> but I guess a part B to this question is, and this is where it gets controversial, is do you like ketchup on your eggs? Disgusting. Really? Absolutely disgusting. And nope. That's just, no, people that don't, the people that like ketchup on their eggs are just weird. I am in that weird category. You're weird. And you're not the first person that has said that to me. Oh, it's funny because it's one of those things that actually just turns my stomach. Go eggs and ketchup. I'll have eggs and salsa. That's not yeah. a problem. Eggs and hot sauce. Great. Yes. Eggs but, cooked in like tomato. What's that called? Shakshuk? Is that the what was called? We have the tomato sauce and you, and you bake yeah. the eggs in it. Like I love that. Yeah. But ketchup? Oh. <laughs> that's awful. Uh, see, I think that's a personal thing. I, 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 I don't like well done steak, and I, I don't agree with everybody that has them. But to each their own, almost. But I do like ketchup on my. You know what? I'll cook well done steaks for somebody if they want one. I'll yeah. cook it nicely. I'll try to keep it juicy. Yeah. But ketchup on eggs, just. Ugh. <laughs> I guess for I'm me not, it's terrible. I, I thought we could be friends, and I might get invited over for brunch, but I don't think I will. Don't be now. bring the ketchup; <laughs> you'll be fine. HP uh, with uh, with sausages. No, we, we can be friends if that's happening. I'm not a huge HP fan. I don't. Uh, you know, I think I lived in England too long. Okay, I, I drink tea in the morning instead of coffee now. Yeah, and uh, and HP with sausages. It's just it's essential. My son likes HP, so it's in the house. And... <laughs> But we have a lot of different things in the house. We got a lot of hot sauces and stuff. So cool. That's what I like is different hot sauces. I like using them as in my marinades as well. So, so, uh-huh. so sometimes that works out nice. I have a lot of different stuff. But I never put ketchup in the marinades because my wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So um, I, I, I used to be a breakfast cook as well. So I really know where that passion comes from. Like, I like breakfast cooking. Not everybody yeah. does. I, I quite like breakfast cooking. I, I like breakfast <clears throat> cooking more than cooking at night or cooking online. At Interesting. Night because I, I think that breakfast cooking is just so fast-paced. And mm. you have, it takes more skill to make that perfect over-easy egg than it does to flip some pasta, I do believe. Now, 
Like, uh, see, now you're getting controversial. I'm going to stay out of that discussion. Because <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of years cooking at some nice restaurants in the evenings, and I'd say that yeah. was a lot harder than flipping eggs. To, to do it but consistently and Flipping perfectly. eggs is fun. Yes. I like Maybe it. Maybe that's what I like more. Is <clears throat> I like it. I like it's fast. Yes. I like that it's a, oh God, a, brunch, a breakfast cook or a brunch cook. You have, like it's physically demanding. It's mentally demanding. Yeah. <clears throat> and quite often it's Saturday and you might have had too many <laughs> beer the night before. So yes. it's challenging that way too. Yeah. And people that are having brunch on a Saturday will not tolerate their eggs being slightly done wrong or different. I know. And that's why <clears throat> I'm thinking that. They will snap. Because yes. they're not at their best often. Yes. They're wearing dark sunglasses and drinking tomato juice in the morning because <laughs> they're feeling bad. <laughs> Just almost <coughs> as bad as the cooks. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 but I, I think it was that fast pace, just like eggs, eggs, eggs. So like just every different type of eggs or like you're making bennies and stuff like that. And, you know, you're doing quiche or you're doing soufflés and just... Everything all at once, and just it's fun. Yeah, I like that, it. That's what I always. It's like enjoy. mayhem. <laughs> it is, and that's what I found. You know, you can cook eggs, say ten different ways, but you're only going to cook that pasta one way. So I'm not, I'm not wading into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you're making that one pasta that one way consistently. So, like whether it's something simple like an Alfredo, you're making that Alfredo the same way every time. So. <sighs> You never see Alfredo anymore. I know. I like a good Alfredo. You should see that more often. Yeah. Carbonara. You should see that yes. more often, too. With a nice egg <clears throat> cracked in there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it, because I find that some people don't put the egg in. And uh, you don't get that. You don't get the richness. Yeah, that texture, the consistency that yeah. is missing. It's just, you know, it's good if it's good. Like, people will put parm in there, and you get that saltiness from the bacon, or... Even if somebody does it like fancy or like with prosciutto or something, but I'm a big just regular bacon in there, and it just doesn't have that almost like you said richness. So you need yeah, you need that egg, man. Yes. Um, so we're coming to our time. Okay. So um, where can people find your knives? Like I know you have a physical store, but. You're also selling online, so can you tell everybody about that? Yeah, like, well, we have an online store at www.knifeware.com. Okay. And yeah, everything for, is for sale on there. We've got, um, and then we've got shops, like I said, in Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, and Vancouver. Toronto's coming. Kyoto, Japan is coming. That's nice. <clears throat> cool, right? Yeah. And um, we have a big garage sale coming up. Oh, nice. Do you know what the garage sale is? No, okay. but I want to hear about it. because So two or three times a year I go to Japan. And when I'm there, I'm uh, seeing friends I know, um, making new, meeting, meeting new people, seeing new blacksmiths, that sort of thing. But I always buy stuff when I'm there. Okay. And it's stuff that doesn't fit into our normal offerings. So it's sometimes it's one-of-a-kind stuff from blacksmiths we deal with or new blacksmiths. Sometimes it's a new blacksmith where I buy a bunch of knives to test customers interest <clears throat> sometimes one blacksmith just makes one knife that's extraordinary okay so i'll buy a bunch of those uh one year i bought all of a kitchenware store that had gone out of business oh they had great knives <laughs> nice <clears throat> um and sometimes i buy like one year we bought a bunch of knives from tojiro because they made a mistake and they put one name on the blade in japanese and a different name on the box 
Oh. Well, my customers don't care. No. <laughs> so these were a knife that uh, retailed in Japan for about 120 bucks, and we sold them for 60 Nice. <laughs> Which is brilliant, right? Yes. So we call it the garage sale, but it's, like I said, it's just, it's things that are priced really well, and it's unusual things that are in our, uh, unusual for our shop. Okay. So when is the garage we sale? We do it a couple times a year. Um, it's always in October. Okay. And this year is in, sometimes April, but this year is May. And if I look in my calendar here, <laughs> I can tell you which day it is. We will talk very slowly <clears throat> until... Yeah, maybe you can tell a joke or something. Oh, I'm horrible at jokes. Um, no, but I, I'm excited for the garage sale. I'm going to have to check garage that out. Garage sale starts sure. Monday, May 13. It goes for a week. Okay. What generally happens is at 10 a.m. at every one of our stores, we open the door and 30... People come in, usually all chefs, pushing and shoving. <laughs> we generally have coffee, never beer, sometimes beer. <clears throat> we never have beer. That would be wrong. And, uh, and we just have a big kind of party, but we put all the knives just in a table in the center, and people nice. can choose from them. And this year, there should be a lot of cast iron in it as well. Okay. And some other weird things, because I, I go to Japan, and I buy things that I find like omelet, like the square omelet pans. Okay. I've stuff seen like, like videos of square omelet pans. Of oh, they're cool, man. Yes. They're cool. So, yeah, we do that sort of thing, and that's, uh, that goes for a week. Okay. Um, there'll be a countdown timer on our website because it's online as well. Okay. I'll make sure I put that so on, on the show notes so everybody look down below where the show notes will be, and I'll make sure I put links to that because I'm excited for the garage sale, too. The garage sale's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's awesome. And again, thanks for coming on. This has been super fun, so thanks. Thanks, man. No problem.